Welcome in to The Corner. I'm Dan Steenkamer, the voice of the Colonial Corner podcast, the brand new podcast dedicated to Colonial Athletic Association basketball, affectionately known as the CAA in our circles here and across mid-major basketball and the Division I basketball world. So uh, we thank you for, uh, for joining us on behalf of the entire mid-major podcast network, which also includes the Horizon Roundtable and Reaching the Summit, both of those podcasts, our sister shows. Uh, that have been established and, and well run for a little while now. So I uh, appreciate uh, those folks bringing in a new show to the fold in the Colonial Corner, uh, a weekly show dedicated to, like I said, CEA hoops. And uh, I'm your voice, Dan Steenhammer, and uh, ready to get going with our inaugural episode. Episode one of the Colonial Corner podcast, weekend one of CEA men's basketball conference play. Uh, we rang in the new year here in 2021 with some uh, some nice action of a colonial basketball. It was great to, in the midst of all of the <sighs> hectic struggles of the past year, just overall, in, in and outside of sports, to have uh, CA Hoops back and have conference teams playing one another. But we'll uh, break down this first episode, what we saw, but also, unfortunately, what we didn't see, because weekend one was not without a, a couple of postponements and some late changes to the schedule, and we'll, we'll, we'll break into that right here in episode one. So the weekend started off with, at noon on Saturday, not only did Elon tip off at Northeastern, but there was a postponement announcement made by the CAA. UNCW, which was the only CAA school able to complete its full non-conference schedule as originally planned, they didn't run into, the Seahawks did not run into any uh, COVID-related disruptions in their non-conference board schedule. The CAA announced on Saturday that they did have a positive test in that Seahawks program that precluded them from playing their series at Drexel. So... The UNCW uh, team in Drexel were unable to meet on Saturday or Sunday. They had their series in Philadelphia postponed. And that was the first news we got out of the CAA on Saturday. Uh, and so that was a, a, a disruption. But we did get to see action on Saturday, and we'll get into that right now. did actually see it go down on Saturday in the basketball that was able to be played, like I uh, was mentioning just a second moment ago, Northeastern hosted Elon in their uh, opener uh, in the Cabot Center in Boston, not in Matthews Arena, which uh, is host to both hockey and basketball for the Huskies, so Hoops was in the Cabot Center with uh, nobody in attendance uh, in the general public, so it made sense to get into a more intimate gym and uh, just use the minimal space necessary to uh, have the essential personnel there for the game at the Cabot Center, so that was tipped off there. Northeastern comes away with the win, 75-52 on Saturday over the visiting Elon Phoenix. Now, this game and this entire series, it, it, it makes me think of... Uh, let, let's think. Let's let's say you're in in a neighborhood, right? And in in the, just a classic neighborhood, uh, middle class neighborhood, middle class town, and you have a variety of folks living there, different backgrounds, and some some people who are uh, well off, but in different ways. Some people who are uh, just financially stable, they're doing just fine, but they get their money from different places. You have the one family who has uh, an old rich heritage of just, uh, not, not an aristocracy, but just they, they, they have wealth passed down the line, and they through generations they've been doing well. And then the house next door, you have the upstart, self-made, because uh, new money, the, the new breed, the new blood, you know, enterprising, uh, very indu- in, just industrious uh, family members. They, they get the job done. They're making new money that wasn't inherited. They're uh, making it for themselves. They're uh, really starting a new life for their family. Uh, 
And that's what I saw in this game when really these two programs, Northeastern, the old money of the CAA, they've had sustained success under Bill Cohen for years and years and years. They've gone 11 and 4 in, in the CAA tournament since 2015. Uh, they are really a, just a reliably competitive, consistently a contender in the CAA. And, and they are year in and year out, regardless of the level of experience of their returnees, uh, they are simply a force to be reckoned with. Whereas Elon, I see, is the house next door, the upstart, the industrious uh, bunch, the, the self-made, the new money. They, they are a young bunch. They, the program hasn't been in the conference for that long in the grand scheme of things, and yet they have been a force we reckon with dating back to last season and, and into this season. They had some good production as well against Northeastern. They they upset William Mary last season in the conference tournament in a very pro-William Mary gym in D.C. with an overwhelming tribe uh, fan support, but the, the Elon Phoenix had the buzzer-beating win. It was really, uh, excuse me, that was against JMU, but in any event, Elon had a very successful CAA tournament last year, and they're the new blood. They're fresh faces, and, and so that's what it felt like, a new money, old money kind of deal in this uh, weekend series, Elon being the new money and Northeastern being the old money, and, and those two going at each other here uh, in a battle for uh, who, who to see who come up on top early on in CAA play, and it, it was Northeastern. They they were able to really defend their home floor uh, and being home at a back-to-back, especially with the distance between these two schools, proved to be an advantage. But there were some particular standouts for Northeastern. Tyson Walker was, uh, as you might expect, a, a very reliable scorer for Northeastern, putting together uh, on Saturday, put together 18 points. He, he was in double figures on Saturday, and he uh, is really looking to pick up the scoring left by Jordan Rowland's departure, one of the Huskies' all-time leading scorers. Uh, really finished off a, a great career last year in the Northeastern's run back to the CA title game in D.C. in that March tournament. So Northeastern really picking up where they left off last season. They weathered a, an early run by the Phoenix on Saturday, but it, it, they, they responded with a run of their own and, and got a comfortable halftime lead uh, of, just, of just three, but it, it really felt like all the momentum was in, in Northeastern's corner. I mean, they were in a good control of the game, and, and they really pulled away in the second half. And, and didn't really uh, worry about having too little breathing room from there on out. So Northeastern, a, a reminder of the CAA that even though they lost Roland, they are still uh, really the standard bearer of, of reliably consistent play in the league and that uh, they, they're not going anywhere. And, and they showed it again on Sunday against Elon, tipping off again at noon. Just a, just a, a, a dominant showing from start to finish. Uh, they, they weathered some Elon runs, but really it, 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 it reflected in the final score again on Sunday. Northeastern coming out with the win and moving to 2-0 in CAA play and showing that, hey, maybe the new money, just wait your turn a little bit because the old money is still around and, uh, and, 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 and not, uh, not, not seeding its ground. Opened up the show talking about Northeastern, very well-deserved, Huskies going 2-0, but they were not the only CAA squad to start out the conference season 2-0. Uh, Hofstra, Northeastern's rival and travel partner, also starts out 2-0, taking down William Mary twice in Hempstead at the MAC Sports Complex. Uh, so a lot, a lot to be said for the Pride as they look to defend their CAA title. Uh, really, first, uh, it, it would be remiss not to commend them for the uh, really the de- determination they've shown in the face of the adversity of being unable to head to an NCAA tournament game uh, due to the cancellation of the tournament with COVID-19 breaking out uh, in March uh, 2020. So really a lot of resilience shown by Hofstra there, having that success, but then the disappointment of not being able to make it to the NCAA tourney due to it not happening, which was uh, which was really a shock to everyone's system back in early 2020. But 
And that was not only the only adversity for Hofstra. They start out this year with their head coach, Joe Mihalik, really well-respected across the league and across mid-majors in general in all college basketball. Uh, he starts out the year on medical leave, uh, temporary medical leave, so we, we uh, the Colonial Corner and all the podcast network certainly wish him all the best. But Hofstra, the, the adversity seems to be mounting, right? They, they, they miss out on this NCAAs last year, and they don't have their head coach, uh, Mark, Mark Fairley, doing a great job as acting head coach, but... It just it just isn't necessarily the same without Joe Mahalik on the sidelines. But Hofstra starts out two and zero in CA play. They beat William Mary twice at home uh, to start their year. They withstand Luke Lowy's twenty seven points on Saturday, leading the way for the Tribe. Uh, it, but Hofstra just really decisively, even though it only tried to be a five point victory on Saturday, it, 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 the outcome didn't necessarily feel in doubt. Hofstra really still flexing its collective muscle. They were the defending champs, and they and they do bring back Isaac Conti, one of their cornerstones. Uh, Tariq Coburn is another cornerstone of their offense. Jalen Ray is a familiar name. All of these players are, are, are not going anywhere and are continuing to put up good, valuable minutes. Conte had 15 points on Saturday to Coburn's 13. Just, just be, Hofstra is like Northeastern, uh, which really brings us up to a great matchup this next weekend after this episode, but... Hofstra, like Northeastern, is such a well-oiled machine. They are reliably good on both ends. They defend well, but they also complement that with a dynamic scoring. They have multiple guys they can go to who are experienced and are not afraid to put the ball up from multiple places on the floor. It's just a, it's, it's a sight to see. And William Mary is returning a lot of youth. They lose Nathan Knight after last season. Nathan Knight now making a big impact with the Atlanta Hawks in his rookie year. So excited to see a CAA alum. He's not alone uh, making an impact but among CAA alumni, but excited to see him in his first year in Atlanta doing great things. But William Mary, meanwhile, under Dean Fisher in his second year, they're looking to continue to move upward and onward. And it's going to be a little bit difficult with the younger pieces they have. They're really turning over their roster now. Uh, in, in, in Coach Dane's second season, but it, it, it's going to come down to wh- where the scoring comes from other than Lowy, because Lowy's been established and proven already now. He was followed up Saturday's performance with another great showing on Sunday. It's going to be a matter of William Mary, how exactly do they work out the complementary pieces, because if they can, they're well coached enough to make another uh, really nice regular season run and positions themselves well seeding-wise. Uh, it just might come as a surprise to some if they don't have night, that they're able to do that. But I, I think they don't count out uh, Coach Fisher and his staff. And William Mary has a lot of support institutionally for basketball. They're, they're going to be all right. But in the meantime, this weekend, it was Hofstra getting the upper hand, especially on Sunday. Hofstra followed up with a more high-scoring win on Sunday. Uh, William Mary did not, did not go away, to their credit. They they did a nice job battling back and, and making it a game and making an interesting game. But Hofstra ended up getting some distance and really uh, separating themselves. And, and that's what you would expect from a defending champ. So Hofstra, the takeaways are they position themselves well for a battle against Northeastern this coming week, starting on Thursday. And it's a home-and-home. Home. So they start on Thursday against Northeastern uh, at home against the Huskies. And on Saturday this coming week, they, uh, they take on the second half of that uh, back-and-back against Northeastern. If you're sensing a pattern in Saturday's games, it might be that the home teams took uh, both of the first two we've we've covered thus far. We've recapped uh, Northeastern taking down Elon on Saturday, Hofstra taking down William Mary on Saturday, and, and Delaware follows through it in its home building, uh, taking down the College of Charleston, but not in nearly as pretty a fashion as uh, the first two I described, or at least relatively. Uh, Delaware really limited in depth to begin with. 
They've gone through their, their lumps a little bit from non-conference. They were going to start their season at Mohegan Sun and Bubbleville up there. That doesn't happen due to a pause that started in the program due to COVID at the end of its preseason uh, workouts and practices. So they never get to start a non-conference up there. They miss a couple other non-conference games and fill in here and there. But Delaware looking to really regain its footing after losing to LaSalle and Morgan State at the end of its non-conference schedule. So the, the Hens looking to get back on track, but they're lacking for depth a little bit. They have a, a season-ending injuries to deal with. UD really looking to steer in the right direction. But that doesn't look like it's starting in a great way when Kevin Anderson exits on Saturday against the College of Charleston uh, with an, what looked to be an ankle injury, and he would not return. List, he was listed as questionable to doubtful, uh, and, and that followed through in, in his not being able to be back in that game. So Delaware needed to find scoring somewhere. They knew going in, regardless of who they had available, they want to feed Dylan Painter in the inside, uh, and they were able to do that on Saturday. They were able to find Painter. As I try to find, they, they were able to get Painter 33 minutes, and he was able to put together 16 points. He's going to need to be a double-double guy for Delaware to compensate for the losses of Nate Darling to the NBA and Justin Mutz to a transfer to Virginia Tech. Delaware will need the output from Painter. But it was not only Painter leading the day. It was actually Gianmarco Arletti, the, the, the freshman who stepped in for Kevin Anderson, who had the game game of his life so far, of his short life, in a Delaware uniform, that is. Uh, 21 points, uh, really carried the day for Delaware, came in and found his footing shortly after entering, and Delaware needed every bit of it because it would end up being a very tight game down the stretch. Delaware saw its halftime lead of 10 points shrink in the second half. Delaware couldn't really keep hold off Charleston. The, the Cougars were on a diff, varying runs of different lengths of scoring, and it would it would take a, a just a last-second missed three-pointer by Charleston to uh, save Delaware the win for them to squeak away with the W to start conference play 1-0. Charleston had an open look at a three that was missed, and so Delaware survives on the back of Gianmarco Arletti's 21 points and he, 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 hadn't, he hadn't scored a point in the contest he'd appeared in prior to that in non-conference play, hadn't gotten a ton of action because of the stars in front of him, and so he hadn't gotten a basket yet, and he gets his first basket, and on top of that, puts up 21, really, an outstanding performance from the newcomer, and I would expect that he'll be very much in the running for a CA Rookie of the Week, if, if not a shoe-in. Uh, there were some other very nice youngsters in action, but Arletti really came out of nowhere to carry the day for Delaware, and really carry the flag on offense because they, they needed every bit of it. Charleston not going away, even after making the long trip up, knowing that they have another game tomorrow. Charleston really, uh, another program that's been consistent in its short time relatively in the CAA. Peyton Willis uh, was really uh, on, a, on a tear in the second half. He tied Arletti for a game-high 21 points, uh, and so he really spurred the Cougars uh, to, to a competitive finish. But it was Delaware surviving on Saturday, Unfortunately for the Hens, that would not carry over into Sunday's showing. They, they, they Charleston led throughout on Sunday. Uh, it, this was after Charleston uh, outscored Delaware 44-37 to in the second half on Saturday. They carried over that momentum. Delaware did not have Alex Novakovic on Sunday out in a boot. So he was another injury to, uh, to keep track of for the Hens. And they were without Kevin Anderson uh, as well. Uh, stepping back that ankle injury that I, I referenced. So Delaware playing shorthanded on this second day of a back-to-back. You won't hear that as an excuse from Martin Inglesby, head coach of Delaware, but it, it, it did ultimately uh, give the Hens some problems just trying to keep up with a what can be a very potent College of Charleston offense and what proved to be Willis was on fire again for the Cougars, and it was too much for Delaware. And Delaware simply left too many points on the floor. You know, their margin for error against College of Charleston is going to be very minimal uh, when you're playing a team that's firing on cylinders like that. 
and Delaware missed free throws. They struggled with turnovers, uh, and, and that really hurt them down the stretch as well. And when Charleston started missing free throws late and opened the door for Delaware to come back on Sunday, the Hens simply couldn't hold on to the ball. And that's where you think I think they were missing Ryan, excuse me, not Ryan Allen, Kevin Anderson, their primary ball handler at the point guard spot. Allen finally awoke. I, uh, as I mentioned his name, he finally awoke at late on Sunday. But it, the scoring from Allen in late burst wasn't quite enough for Delaware. So the Hens split the series with the College of Charleston. College of Charleston, if you can get a road split in the CAA, that, that's good stuff because we saw from the other two road teams, we saw from Elon and William Mary, they both come away 0-2. College of Charleston will take that one-on-one split in a heartbeat. And it'll be valuable come seeding time. So uh, Earl Grant splits the series with Martin Inglesby and uh, re- really uh, impressive stuff from both sides throughout the weekend in that Newark series. Off the top, I uh, discussed how UNCW and Drexel had their postponement this weekend. Towson has also had a, a COVID issue arise in the Tigers program, and that caused their uh, projected or their originally scheduled season opener against, uh, conference season opener against James Madison to be postponed. JMU and Towson are travel partners, so they were set to play on Sunday the 3rd as well as Tuesday the 5th. That falls through. The Tigers on a pause, so James Madison goes ahead and schedules two additional non-conference games uh, for their slate to fill in. It makes sense for the Dukes. It makes all the sense in the world for them. They don't want to be idle too long, be stuck in practice and not getting game reps before they head into their all-important conference schedule. Hopefully, officially gets going this coming week for James Madison. But for now, they fill in there with some more non-conference. They start out by hosting Morgan State on Sunday. Now, the Morgan State Bears out of the MEAC, really, they play some of the best ball the MEAC has to offer. And the MEAC can be a pretty good basketball conference. The Bears took down Delaware uh, earlier in non-conference uh, slate prior to the ringing in the new year in 2021 here. And, and really, they, they are an impressive from seeing them against Delaware. They're, they're a physical basketball team, they, as well as shooting well from three. And they're not afraid of going into a road venue and, and getting a dub. They were on the road against Delaware and get the win. So you know fans in attendance in these times. But it, still, going on the road and winning a, a, a Division One college basketball game is not a, is not a, is not a short task. You know, this is... It's an accomplishment anytime it can be done. So Morgan State gets it done against James Madison on Sunday night. They take down the Dukes 80-73 to in Harrisonburg. And um, we really hadn't seen a lot of JMU previously because they on the winter break, and, and, and now they're back in action, not on schedule against Towson, but against a, a good Morgan State team. So it's interesting to see as a barometer how JMU would do. And they hung with Morgan State, and it looked like they were going to be able to uh, potentially get a win on their home floor, defend their home floor, but it, it didn't work out that way. Uh, they Madison had a halftime lead, but it, it was just within a possession or so, and, it, and Morgan State proved to be just really just as physical as they were against Delaware. They were inside and out game on offense was strong, and they uh, and, and, and they showed that they, they represented their conference well against the CAA. So JMU will have to pick up the pieces a little bit as they head to um, host Florida Atlantic on Tuesday. They originally except to host Towson on Tuesday to finish up that originally scheduled series with Towson. Instead, they will host Florida Atlantic on Tuesday, the 5th of January at 4 o'clock p.m. So they, uh, they're they going to get to test themselves against some even more uh, far away non-conference competition in the form of FAU uh, coming up from Boca Raton. So it's going to be a uh, it's going to be interesting to see how JMU bounces back because that's a physical Morgan State team. They will leave you beaten up and sore the next day. So JMU will have to uh, do, do some uh, soul searching a little bit. It's never fun to lose at home in non conference. You always want to represent your conference, represent your own uh, building there, and defend your floor. But it, it didn't work out for JMU uh, tonight. They, they they got scoring from Matt Lewis, their star guard, preseason player of the year in the CAA, but they just didn't put it together for the win. They 
they, they struggled down the stretch, and Morgan State put away the Dukes on the road. So impressive win for the Bears, but uh, Jane Madison will get a quick turnaround, and they will get to uh, try to wash this taste out of their mouths sooner rather than later by hosting Florida Atlantic uh, out of CUSA. So Florida Atlantic will come in, and I, I don't, I'd have to look at the stats. This might be their first matchup because it's a, a, a sudden scheduling, but in any event, JMU will look to uh, really right the ship and get going. Now, looking ahead for JMU just a little bit, they next play, are slated to play at UNCW now, this coming Saturday the 9th, in order to start their conference schedule. So they will, if everything holds, which UNCW is on pause uh, as of this weekend due to Drexel, uh, being uh, not due to Drexel, due to their own Seahawk program having a positive, but Drexel's UNCW postponed. UNCW, in any event, on its own pause. Hopefully, their pause is is is, is uh, resolved and their their coronavirus situation is addressed because James Nassen is really going to want to start at CA schedule eventually. Uh, but in the meantime, they will play Florida Atlantic. Wrapping up our inaugural episode here on the Colonial Corner by looking ahead some uh, and starting off with a look at the conference standings in the CAA following the opening weekend of conference play. We uh, discussed at the top of the episode Hofstra and Northeastern. They are the 2-0 squads in the CAA in terms of league play right now. They are sitting atop the league before they meet on Thursday uh, in this week's action and on Saturday in this week's action. They play home-and-home on the Thursday-Saturday basis, being travel partners with each other. So, Hofstra Northeastern at the top of the conference in the CEA. And then Delaware and Charleston are nip and tuck in the three and four spots there in the CEA, being 1 1 after splitting their series. Drexel, UNCW, James Madison, and Towson all 0 0 in CEA play. Drexel and UNCW unable to play their originally slated weekend games due to UNCW's COVID. And Towson JMU not able to start in conference because of Towson's COVID. And Towson also already has had this coming weekend's games against Elon postponed with their current pause. So Towson will not see action against Elon as originally planned on January the 9th and January the 10th. Towson will remain paused. Elon, therefore, we will not see them again after their losses at Northeastern unless they intend to schedule some non-conference action. But the deeper we get into January, the more difficult that could become with most teams fully into their own conference play. So we will see what the Phoenix do. They might have a lot of extra practice time, unfortunately, uh, unless they can unless they experience another reshuffling, which which they may, they may very they may very well have to have that happen. Uh, but uh, as for the remainder of the conference standings, uh, Elon and William Mary, they are the 0-2 squads rounding out the conference standings. Uh, they both fell to northern schools, Northeastern and Hofstra, so we don't have a great picture yet in terms of standings-wise, but it's good to stay updated and, and posted with those. Uh, and, that, and that allowed us to, uh, to have a look at this coming schedule. Uh, just from start to finish, we mentioned FAU at JMU on Tuesday, January 5th. That's at 4. All these games streamed on Flow Hoops. On Thursday, January 7th, as we touched on, a must-watch marquee, red, red, red letter day, red, red ink on the calendar, circling this one, Northeastern at Hofstra on Thursday night, the 7th, at 7, that's in Hempstead, so that's going to be a great rivalry matchup in that travel partner game, uh, and then they play again on Saturday with the, re- re- the roles reversed in terms of home and away, Hofstra going to Boston to take on Northeastern on Saturday night at noon, so that's a noon tip. In, in Boston the same way that it was a noon tip for Elon. Uh, and then as for the remaining slate in the CAA this coming week, uh, it will be JMU at UNCW if UNCW does not have to go on pause uh, from their COVID day experience this weekend. Uh, JMU will be at UNCW Saturday, Sunday. Towson would be at Elon as we touched not occurring. Uh, but Drexel will be at Charleston on Saturday, Sunday and Delaware at William Mary on Saturday, Sunday. So we haven't Drexel's 
champing at the bit in order to get get a look at at, at CAA play. They haven't got a start yet with UNCW's uh, pause on things uh, indefinitely. So Drexel uh, looking to start out against Charleston after Charleston split its series at Delaware. And Delaware William Mary are, are two schools looking to bounce back, really. William Mary 0-2, Delaware 1-1 in league play. The Tribe will be looking to start out their home CA action on the right note, and that'll be really intriguing to see because Delaware is missing a lot of pieces as we discussed. Their lack of depth is a concern. I know we can get healthy this week, but William Mary is young but healthier, so that'll be an interesting uh, tandem to see in action on Saturday, Sunday. So that's a look at the both CA standings in the CAA uh, next week, starting with Tuesday the 5th. In FAU and JMU, and then finishing out with the rest of the Sunday on January the 10th. So, really looking forward to the next weekend of CE action, really next full week of CE action here with that extra non-con by JMU. And uh, we thank everybody for listening in, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see you next week on the Colonial Corner.